Welcome to Paranerds, where Jesse has a million tabs open. Uh, how do I get my MacBook to stop opening? It opens like all of my applications when I turn on my computer. I freaking hate it. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Mine does this annoying stop. thing where, like, it'll show FaceTime missed calls, even if I've cleared them on my phone. Oh, I know. Mine, too. Yeah. Stupid. So I have, like, five missed FaceTimes. And I hate that it's staring at me, but I don't want to open FaceTime to clear it on here. Too much work. Too much work. Fucking tired. That. Yeah. Good morning, Erica. We're actually recording in the morning today. Yeah, good morning. Uh, that's why it took us approximately 38 minutes to get our lives together enough to hit record. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Let the coffee kick in. Uh, coffee for you, tea for me. Yes, ma'am. Welcome to Paranerds. I'm Jesse, And I'm Erica. And we're spooky. Are we? Not really. Um, Are pajamas spooky? No. I'm wearing Batman pajamas. I've been wearing the same outfit for three days. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> Work from home life. Uh, I wasn't even, I was working in the office on Thursday, but I just came back home and put on the pajamas I was wearing prior to going into work. There you go. That's so, the way to do it. was fine. <sighs> anyway, uh, I guess the first thing we should talk about is to, uh, tell the world about our good time at Fear Fest. Yeah, Carolina Fear Fest. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina. We mm -hmm. had a blast. We met new people. We saw some rad costumes. Oh, um, yeah. We got some new listeners. We got scared of demonic clowns. Everything demonic happened. Clowns. But yeah, uh, and, if you uh, swung by our table and grabbed a sticker and started listening, we appreciate you. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. Uh, but special shout outs to both Michelle and Damien for being the best ever. Oh, yeah. Very cool people. Glad to have met them. If anything, the whole weekend was worth it just for them, too. Exactly. Very cool. Like that. That's when I said we're coming back next year just to hang out with you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you have any housekeeping? We are coming back next year, so just holler anyone who didn't make it 2021. They're coming back 2022. And yes. Be and better and awesome and fun and uh, figure out how to get to Raleigh because it's a blast. Yeah. Um, highly recommend. And there's also really good restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and shout out to Tobacco Road Tours for giving us a sick haunted tour and pub crawl of the city. That was a blast. Oh, yeah. Hi, Brad. If Hi, you're listening. Brad. I hope Brad listens. Me too. Um, housekeeping. Um, wow, we like said, oh yeah, we have five hundred followers last week. Get I mean, we almost have six hundred now. Dang. Thanks, Fear Fest. Yeah, right? 
Very cool. And um, shout out to Smooth My Balls. Yes. For uh, allowing us to be your brand ambassadors. Um, Erica, did you know that the Turf Chopper is ideal for wet and dry shaving? So you can do it right after you get out of the shower when you're still damp. It's fine. That is so ideal because I don't like having the like weird dry skin that comes with sometimes trying to do that not in the shower. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, it makes for a very convenient and comfortable shave due to its 100% waterproof feature. That also means it's super easy to like just rinse it off. You don't have to like wipe all the hairs out. You can just spray it with a freaking sink. Oh, that's awesome. That makes your cleanup process like 10 seconds long. Right? If that. How convenient. Um, If anyone's interested in getting the turf chopper, uh, just go to Smooth My Balls, use code Paranerds at checkout, or go to smoothmyballs.com slash Paranerds and help us out, and we'll in turn help out your nethers. Yeah. And then you can thank us about it. <laughs> that's the fan mail i want to receive oh yeah like that that's why we're asking you to email us this time email us about how smooth your balls are <laughs> and or other nethers other nethers what other nethers you have tentacles yeah. testicles and tentacles tentacles testicles and tentacles yeah uh do you have a current event for me I do, and we're going to the other side of the world today. China. Kind of close. You want another guess? India. Yeah! How'd you know? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. genius. Well, this article I got from, um, actually, uh, an Indian news source, um, hindustantimes.com, and... I don't know if you knew, but I'm very excited to learn that India has their first paranormal helpline. What? Yeah, and they're receiving over 10 calls daily, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But for their culture, I feel like that's really huge. Because huge. I imagine they're not inundated with, um, you know, ghost hunters and all those ridiculous TV shows that we get in Western culture all the time. Yeah. But uh, the paranormal helpline number, and I'll, I guess I'll just give the number if anyone's curious, and I imagine it would be very expensive to try to call it from the United States, but um, the helpline number is 9999-518-600, and it was started by, yeah, you say it better than I do, but uh, it was started by the paranormal company. And they provide free assistance for spreading awareness against blind faith, superstitions, black magic, witchcraft, and overall paranormal awareness. I kind of love that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So, So, yeah, this seems like something that was born out of COVID. So I guess, you know, well, I'm sure it's obviously worldwide pandemic. Everywhere, everybody is just hanging out in their houses. So there may have been like a spike of people witnessing ghostly things. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, their thing is to try to debunk 
the uh, the experiences that people are having. I'm yeah, that's a good service to provide. It's just kind of like, is it is it a ghost or are you just having a rough time and you need therapy? Right. Like um, in the article, they were saying that, uh, well, one of the folks working for the hotline said that he's been receiving calls from people claiming to see a ghost, hearing unusual noises or feeling that someone is watching them during quarantine. And generally, he's finding that a lot of these people have been watching horror movies during lockdown. Mm, yeah. And then. Yep. And then, as you said, he questions them about their daily routine, their family history, past trauma. So they do have psychologists working for them. Good. And um, the man in question, his name is Jay Alani, and he has been a full time paranormal investigator for a lot of years. And he's investigated over 100 haunted locations and looked after over 150 paranormal cases. That's awesome. Yeah. How cool is that? That's very cool, because I've been listening to um, our new sister podcast called Rogue Darkness, which I highly recommend. It's a true crime, true, true crime podcast, but it's the theme of the crimes are like crimes um, that occurred because of the misuse of, or misunderstanding of like witchcraft and, and devil worship and Satanism. Ooh. Um, so I feel like this... Uh, this hotline is great because if someone is having like delusions of grandeur, thinking they have to like sacrifice people to the devil, which is crap, <laughs> maybe yeah. this will help someone who can like call the hotline and be like, hey, I want to kill someone because Lucifer told me to. And the hotline can be like, no, no. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Um, but just that, to say that person some help before they hurt someone. Definitely. Um, but just to say, if anyone was curious about this hotline worker who also wrote a book, um, Jay Alani's book is called Haunted. And you can, I guess, just look it up wherever you find your books. Like, I'm interested. I would read that. Sounds cool. Just yeah. to understand his life a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I haven't listened to the new Sister Pod yet, but I really dig their cover art. It's good. And uh, the host name is Raven, and she's great. And I I love her already. Darkness. Oh. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, are you ready to deep dive? I mean, it's early on a Saturday, but I guess because we're here. You don't have a choice. So yeah. So why do you go. even ask? You're giving me the illusion of free will. Shut the fuck up and get ready. Okay. Uh, right. So last episode, we briefly talked about the, we were talking about mermaids and you briefly talked about the Russian mermaids and both of us the were Rusalka. like, Rusalka. And we were like, we don't know a lot about Russia at all. So I researched legends and folklore from Mother Russia. Yes. I'm here for yes. it. And it, I don't know if you know this, but Russia is fucking huge. It's a yeah. huge place. Like China. It is massive. It's like, uh, no, yeah. not like China. It's like three times the size of China. Is it really? It's just look at a map. Just Google a map right <laughs> now. Because it's, it's wild <laughs> how big Russia is. I think us Westerners forget how fucking huge Russia is. It spans two continents. Thanks, Western American Russia is part education. of Europe. 
Western Europe is a part, I mean, oh, Western hey. Russia is a part of Europe and Eastern Russia is a part of Asia. Wow. Because it's so big. It can't be contained into one continent. Russia. It's so big. Russia's bigger than the U.S., Canada, and Mexico combined. Russia is one eighth of the entire world's landmass. Wow. One eighth of the world is Russia. Again, thanks, American public education. <laughs> really, though. Uh, the second largest country is Canada. Russia is twice the size of that. Greenland looks twice a little bigger than Canada. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, within Russia, there are 60 different recognized ethnic groups, 60 up to 120, because Russia is very um, diverse in like economics. You have you know, giant, large metropolitan cities like Moscow, but then you also have extremely rural areas and communities who are very kind of um, isolated. So it's not, no one really knows how many different ethnic groups there are because it's just so fucking huge, as we said. So up to 120 different ethnic groups. Um, the vast majority of the populations are Russians, but there's also Ukrainians and other non-Slavic linguistic and ethnic groups such as the tartars and many many others so wow. when you talk about russian folklore it's a lot there's just so much it's insane <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure it took you the full two weeks to take notes <laughs> i mean i picked some but i also have like honorable mentions of other stuff that we could research in the future oh sweet um yeah. Russia is separated into eight federal districts or presidential districts, which are kind of similar to states or territories. Um, they were only established recently in the year 2000. It's central, northwestern, southern, north Caucasian, Volga, Ural, Siberian, and far eastern. Among these, they're separated even farther into territories, regions, and republics, which are all different. It's a very, very complex political system. Yeah. Yeah. So Russian folklore. And it's important to kind of note the difference. A lot of people assume that all Russians are Slavic. They're descendants of the Slavs. Um, but it's not that. Slavic people were an ancient culture that were also very large. But for the most part, they were migratory, like nomadic. And they were s centralized in what is now like Eastern, or I'm sorry, Western Russia. So a lot of Western Russia are descendants of Slavic people. But then if you go to the Eastern side of Russia, you have people who are descendants of the Mongols and um, like ancient Chinese people who migrated there. So very, very diverse, yeah. to say the least. I mean, all I really know about Russia, I know a bit about the cities of like Moscow and St. Petersburg, but that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I know a lot of great hockey players are from Russia. Oh, a lot of great metal bands are from Russia. That's true, too. And um, mm. I know that they're, well, I can't say their language because there's so many languages in Russia, but specifically like Cyrillic is mm -hmm. fascinating to write. <laughs> yeah. Because as an beautiful. English speaker, you look at it like there's threes in there. <laughs> <laughs> How? 
It is beautiful, just like the Russian text. It's so pretty, especially just from a graphic design standpoint. It's so angular and geometric. I love it. I love to look at it. I have no idea what it says. I (laughs) I tried to learn it on Duolingo for like two weeks, and I was not getting very far. (laughs) Incredibly difficult for for, like English being my first language. I need Mm -hmm. help. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to go for, so I picked one from the Slavic culture and then one is a little bit Slavic, but a little less Slavic. Um, I'll get to that. <laughs> but, yeah. But the probably most notable and most famous figure in Russian folklore, which does originate in Slavic culture is Baba Yaga. Yeah, that's really familiar. Do you know anything about Baba Yaga? I have heard this before, and I don't remember why. Is it a creature uh-huh. that erases my memory? <laughs> uh, I don't think like, so. Like, I've heard the I Baba, mean, Baba Yaga, Yaga referenced in stuff. Yeah. Uh, she has been mentioned in a lot of, like, popular culture. I think she usually appears as, like, an evil old witch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So, yeah, originated from the Slavs, and so Slavic people, the earliest we know of them is from 6th century CE. They were a very large group of people and quite diverse, similar to how Russia is today, where many were very migratory, um, but also some were just very isolated and remain that way to this day. Uh, They showed up migrating to Greece. They had feuds with the Mongols. And um, most, mo- the, the largest majority of the Slavic people remained in Western Russia, and their ancestors are there still to this day. Um, so bef- they were pagan. That's uh, important to say. They had their own set of gods and demigods and important feet, like um, important people in their quote-unquote religion i guess it's more of a philosophy than a religion but uh yeah Mm -hmm. and so that was all before christianity happened and if anyone knows the advent of christianity was very sudden and very aggressive it came in and everyone that was a Christian wanted everyone else to be a Christian. They even had the Crusades about it and murdered thousands of people because they weren't fucking Christians. Yep. So Christianity took over and was like, hey, you Slavic pagan people, um, no, stop. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, a lot of the things that you may enjoy about like Christmas and Easter come mm. from pagan tradition. Yeah, that's... People should know that. Yeah, people should know that. People should know that. Um, so, before Christianity, Baba, the figure of Baba Yaga, she represented nature and creation. She was like a mother nature. She was a single woman who lived in the woods, and people went to her for advice. They, like, prayed to her to, you know, like, seek themselves through hard times um, but like in a lot of pagan religions or any, you know, religion or philosophy that has a bunch of different gods, um, the same figure who represents creation and nature will have a duality and they'll also represent like destruction and death. That's a very common motif that happens in a lot of different cultures. 
as a Gemini, I appreciate duality. (laughs) Yeah, and that's kind of the, you know, ancient peoples, they didn't have a firm understanding of science, but they could recognize that there is no creation without destruction, right? Mm -hmm. They knew that. That's a pretty just being human existence. That's true. So that's why that kind of popped up. That same motif popped up in many different cultures. Yeah. So Baba Yaga was kind of this figure that represented life and regeneration, but she also destroyed things. And in many of her stories, it's kind of like she would destroy something, but something beautiful would come out of that destruction. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And, um, for example, like uh, Persephone is one of those kind of figures. Yeah. Um, and many others. Yeah, so... like ri- rising from the ashes can come something better right yeah so and then the reason i bring up christianity is because so baba yaga kind of had this duality about her but when christianity rolled through you know how christians feel about you know powerful single women who don't need no man yeah they're not a thing they don't like that they're not about big sinners (laughs) big sinners so they when Christianity came in and started having an influence on people's beliefs, Baba Yaga sort of became this evil figure that we see today. This kind of like evil old witch, which is kind of sad. Yeah, because really, yeah. she's good. She's just misunderstood. She's good. I mean, she, that's kind of what I'm saying is like there there cannot be any creation without destruction. And that's what she did. She kept the cycle moving and she was a powerful force that people believed in. And Christianity just demonized her. So because of that, a lot of the stories we have of her today are very demonizing. They're very make Baba Yaga look evil and also christian hypocrites how much have you destroyed with your holy wars <laughs> right right fucking baba Honestly, yaga is the destroyer but <laughs> look at you guys like i'm just saying as i don't want to call myself atheist i guess as a uh agnostic human being i feel way more uncomfortable anywhere in the bible belt places where you can like throw a stone and hit a church at every corner then i would be living in the woods (laughs) yeah because you're a woman yeah and they don't prioritize women as we know from this recent freaking abortion ban in texas but this isn't a political podcast no it's not but but fuck that (laughs) yeah but fuck texas you fucking hypocrites anyways so I just preface all of that to say a lot of the information we have about Baba Yaga makes her look really evil. But that's not necessarily what the Slavic people believed. Um, that's just kind of what has survived to today. So the description of her that we see a lot nowadays is that she has a long nose, iron teeth. She's like old and bent over like her back kind of has like a hump back and um, like long stringy hair. And sometimes she has chicken feet. What? Which is interesting. Chicken feet? Um, Sometimes. Sometimes. She also, I love this tidbit, she flies around, not on a broom like you would expect of a normal witch. No. She flies around. Do you know what a mortar and pestle is? Yeah. It's like the thing you grind herbs with. Yes. So the mortar is the little bowl and the pestle is the thing you smush 
with. I didn't know so which she... was which, so thank you. Yeah, me neither. I had to Google it. <laughs> the mortar is the little ball, and then the pestle is the little, like, smooshing hammer thing that you use. The smooshing so hammer. has a giant mortar and pestle, and she flies around sitting in the mortar, and she carries the pestle. Oh. And she does this so that when she encounters a human, she will be able to crush their bones up pretty easily. Oh, that's not all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what she does. I mean, that's pretty she's metal. She's also known, she's known to eat people. And yeah, she's just a pretty terrifying figure. Well, as far as eating people, does she target particular people? No. It's kind of just if you seek her out, if you mess with her, if you're in the woods alone. Um, But she doesn't, like, come out of the woods to, like, get anyone. Again, would still rather spend the night in the woods than in a church, so. I would rather run into Baba Yaga than... Have to sit through Sunday Mass. (laughs) Yeah, that's facts. So let me tell you one of the most famous tales of Baba Yaga, and this is the tale of Vasilisa the Beautiful, which check, I mean, as I was reading this, I was like, okay, two, not one, but two Disney stories spurned out of this tale, like very obviously. Okay. And I mean, you'll get it pretty quickly as I tell you. Are you sure? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's obvious. Um... So this is the tale of Vasilisa the Beautiful. Vasilisa was a young girl when her mother died. Her father marries another woman who has two daughters of her own. The new stepmother and sisters treat Vasilisa poorly, forcing her to do household chores day in and day out. Oh. Who's that? Cinderella. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Vasilisa's mother, on her deathbed, gave Vasilisa a magic doll who helps her with the overburden of chores that are given to her. But they just keep giving her more and more chores that are, like, an impossible thing to do. Um, One day, her father goes on a long trip, and without the protection from him, whatever little protection she got, the stepmother sends Vasilisa on a dangerous journey into the forest, to find Baba Yaga and retrieve some fire for lighting their home. Uh, Vasilisa knew this journey would be perilous, as, you know, Baba Yaga is known to eat people, but she did it anyway. She didn't have a choice. So she goes out into the forest. She finds Baba Yaga in her hut in the forest, which is decorated with bones and lit by skulls on stakes filled with fire. Vasilisa asked fire from Baba Yaga, but she said she would only give her the fire if she completed just a ton of impossible tasks. For example, one of these tasks included separating all of the black bits out of a large bag of millet. This this is going to be stupid, but that reminded me of the story about, um, who was it? I think it was Ozzy Osbourne that used to always ask for like a particular color of M&M to always be picked out of his bowl backstage. Was it Ozzy? Was it Ozzy? I don't think it was Ozzy, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but that's what that sounds like to me. Go on. I will figure (laughs) out how wrong I was. Well, actually, I actually heard a tidbit about that, that whoever that person was, it was they only did it because they wanted to make sure that their um, 
all their the writer like the the writer all the backstage stuff was spot on so the writer also had a lot of specifics about like safety and how to adhere stuff who was it van halen it was david lee roth yes it was david lee roth and the only reason he did that is because he wanted to make sure that they read the writer like very very closely because a lot of the stuff on the writer was safety about their equipment and they wanted to make sure that like every line was read and adhered to so if they came into the room and like the green m&ms weren't sorted they knew they didn't read it and that going on stage would be unsafe yeah it was specifically no brown colored m&ms are allowed backstage at their concerts (laughs) yeah well the only reason is because they wanted to be safe and that's actually a really smart way to make sure that oh yeah um, they read the writer Hey, I'm a I'm a fan of the guy. I specifically buy his tattoo friendly sunscreen. But go on. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Vasilisa was only to com- only able to complete Baba Yaga's impossible tasks with the help of her magic doll. Uh. But the whole time, little to her knowledge, Baba Yaga was within her hut preparing a fire in her oven to roast and eat Vasilisa. So she was just stalling. I'm trying Baba to Yaga figure finally... out... Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the second Disney tale. Oh, you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Baba Yaga sprang her trap and tried to catch Vasilisa and eat her. Um... But Vasilisa escaped with the help of her doll, and on the way out, she took one of the skulls filled with fire and brought it back to her house. But when she got back to her house, the skull burned down her home with the stepmother and sisters within. Wow. So she flees to the nearby, and yeah, the end of the story is just she flees to the city and she's homeless. She finds a woman to take her in. She gets married. She's, like, living in luxury in the city. And she invites her dad to come with her. And she lives happy, happily ever after. And that's the story. Wow. And the other Disney story I was thinking of was um, Hansel and Gretel, just old witch in the wood trying to fucking oh, eat them. See, I don't, I don't think of that as Disney. When you were describing, um, describing Baba Yaga and, like, the way she was in the woods, I was thinking about Sleeping Beauty, not Sleeping Beauty. Was it Snow White where the witch had the poison apple? Yeah. That's what I was thinking of, so I was wrong. But anyway. Yeah, it was close. I mean, definitely just this story is very common and inspired a lot of tales and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but within the story, you can really see the duality where Baba Yaga is this evil creature of destruction, but out of it you know through horrible means she does help Vasilisa get out of her shitty situation yeah yeah so Vasilisa had her stepmother and her evil stepmother and sister and Baba Yaga helped murder them and she lived happily ever after because of Baba Yaga yeah she's like a sour patch kid sure <laughs> <laughs> you're like sure. i've had enough of your weird analogies today woman <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say yeah um but that's baba yaga uh let's move on to the next one i have who is the this one comes from sort of middle russia slash eastern russia so this is the uh, kind of slavic not slavic one kind of slavic not slavic 
not it's not necessarily Slavic, but it could also have been seen in Slavic cultures, if that makes sense. Yes. It's not solely a Slavic thing. Baba Yaga is very, very Slavic. Okay. But this guy is the, I hope I say this right, Chuchunya. 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 Also called the Siberian Snowman, is a bipedal humanoid creature which is reported to inhabit the snowy forest of northern Siberia. He's a yeti. And... Basically, not quite northern Siberia, all of Siberia, also reported in southern, but concentrated in kind of the snowy mountains and forests of northern Siberia. In most reports, they resemble Neanderthals, um, but in some, they also are much larger and more hairy, like a yeti. Totally. Totally. And if anyone recalls our Stick People episode, I mean, this is basically one of the state people really mm-hmm. please see um, season one for more on that see season one so squats uh we talked about the episodes called stick people but um like Sasquats, they are nomadic very hairy bipedal creatures who like solitude and only become violent if they're agitated or attacked um for the most part also, like their North American cousins, they sometimes, every once in a while, have a craving for human flesh. Same. Yeah, we've all been there. In 1933, a professor, Dravert, he petitioned the USSR to place a protection on these creatures because he heard they were being haunted. Hunted. Huh. They were being yeah. haunted, so we needed to protect them from the ghosts. <laughs> No, people were. Try- he heard that people were trying to go out in the forest and hunt them, so he petitioned the government to put a protection on them, which the That's government cool. promptly ignored and said, oh. you're crazy. Oh, yeah. you assholes. That would have been cool. <laughs> Here's a quick anecdote about the Chichunias. Chichunias. Um, this was reported in 2004, but it's a story from 1957. The title of the report was called The Screaming of Sendushnij. And everyone just pardoned my horrible Russian pronunciation. But in the fishing village of Ch- in the fishing village of Chekruvka, some old people claim that in 1957 hunters from the surrounding villages killed a Chechunya, the snowman. It is said that the body was brought on the Lena River to Yaktuks. Yak cooks and disappeared when he arrived there. The legend has it that the Chichunya lived in the mountains of Verchon. Oh my god, Verchojansk. <laughs> it caught reindeers, the skins of which it wore. It further said upon meeting people, the snowman would scream quite terribly. In the tundra, the snowman was named Sendushnij. After Sendukya, the old name of the tundra. Although this legend defeated any common sense, it refused to die. This is also translated from Russian, so it's a, it's um, a little wonky. But it refused to die. And on the other side of the mountain range, in the areas of Najba, some reported of a highly discreet creature that was called Iki Mertolaj. Oh my god. Iki... Myrtle Jack. 
literally meaning two meters tall. It is claimed that those who were hunting, fishing, and or collecting firewood around, along the riverbank saw the snowman. It was also reported that as dawn sent in, he would enter the village. Ooh. Yes. Two meters. Two meters tall, six feet. Thank you. Ish. Uh, I was trying to figure the, the Western math of <laughs> <Ish>. it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Six feet-ish. Uh, probably more. <laughs> Six feet-ish. Um, and I just really like that story because they're so similar to the stories from the First Nations people in North America um, where they, like, enter the city, that they would encounter them screaming. Like, that's all That's all also been reported by First Nations people on, like, the west coast of North America. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I wonder if we have the same kind of creatures so far away if they all started when Pangea yeah. was still locked well, in. The, um, there is a lot of evidence that the Bering Strait, which is where Alaska and Russia are nearly meet, it's um, 51 miles wide of water between Alaska and Russia. Um, there is a lot of evidence that that at one point was connected by land. Cool. So... That's exciting. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I mean, six feet tall, that would mean that, like, this creature is, like, two or three inches taller than me. I would still Mm -hmm. be a little freaked out, though. A very kind of, like, large and hairy. Large and hairy being probably bulkier, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Neat. I just think it's cool how um, you find the same kinds of things all over the world. So They're a meter is three point two feet. Oh. So yeah, like six and a half feet tall. That that's enough. My dad's six five and he could be scary. <laughs> I mean he's real sweet, but like if you don't know him and he's in a bad mood, like I could yeah. totally see somebody being like, oh boy. Your dad could be a chichunya. He is pretty hairy. <laughs> he's been lying to me for years. Right on. I have one more story that is 100% true, reported in newspapers, and pretty recent. Are you just saying that? Nope. I'm not just saying that. It is very creepy. And, I mean, you can decide if it's paranormal or not, but I thought it's a good note to end on. Okay. All right. In 2009, the Russian authorities started noticing a pattern of grave robbery and desecration in the area of Western Russia over by Moscow and, like, the Europe border. Their immediate theory was an extremist Islamic organization because in some of the desecrations, there were um, Islamic people's photos that were buried Um, someone had painted over their faces and they thought this was an extremist Islamic or extremist Islamic organization because in some Islamic beliefs, they don't like to have photographs of the dead. Yeah. So they were, they thought, oh, they're coming in and painting over people's faces because they don't think that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. So they investigated, 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 um, but they, the grave desecrations just kept happening And more disturbingly, sometimes they found that the bodies had been stolen. Well, I don't like that. 
now. <laughs> and they basically had no freaking leads. They had no clue what was going on until two years later in 2011, authorities received reports of a Mus- of Muslim graves being desecrated in the city of Nizhny Novgorod, which is a large city just east of Moscow. And they found pictures of the Muslim bodies had been painted over there. So they went to that gravesite and checked it out. And they promptly arrested a guy named Antoly Moskvin on suspicion of vandalism. Basically, he was just there hanging out in the area at the time. So they arrested him and then we're going to investigate it th- further. Yeah. I have to keep pausing. I'm like running out of breath. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they arrested him on suspicion of just vandalizing the graves. Um, but upon investigation of his home, they became a little more concerned. Authority authorities found many pieces of gravestones and other memorabilia and notes indicating that he participated in some, if not all, of the grave desecrations. Along with those things... They also found an assortment of homemade dolls, ranging nope. from regular nope. doll size, you know, small, like, tiny dolls, nope. up to, like, five-foot-tall dolls. Five-foot-tall nope. Like, big old dolls. I don't like um, that. <laughs> they also found that some of the dolls were wearing the clothes of the bodies in the graves that had been desecrated. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I hate that so yeah. much. So more about this guy, Anthony Moskvin. Do we have to? Yeah, Antoly. go on. I keep calling him Anthony by accident. It's Antoly, which is a very Russian name. My dumb Western USA brain can't comprehend, apparently. Antoly Moskvin was a 45-year-old scientist and self-proclaimed cemetery expert and necropolist, he called himself. His interests began at a young age. Him and his friends would hang out in the cemetery, and that I can relate to. Totally. We've done that. That's a cool place to hang out. It's a cool place to hang out, right? Yeah. Um, But he also claimed to be an unwitting witness and participant to a magical ceremony. Antony claims that on his way to school, when he was 13, he was kidnapped and taken by people in black suits who put him into a coffin with a dead girl. He was forced to kiss her. He did it repeatedly. The mother of the girl then put a wedding ring on both Antony and the corpse. And he says of the event... Quote, my strange marriage with Natasha Petrova was useful and helped me develop an interest in serious magic ceremonies. <laughs> wow. So he, he does he does not look back on the event as if it was a bad thing. He's like, oh, that was great. That set me on my course of life, which I'm quite proud of. Interesting. So. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm... I'm most disturbed by the dolls. Yeah. And, uh, you know, clothes are probably very thoughtfully 
put on this corpse for their eternal rest. Mm-hmm. And nope, it's dress up time. He takes him. Yeah. Um, it gets worse, though. Oh, great. He went on after, you know, his very strange childhood to study history at Moscow State University. He was a very intelligent guy. He spoke 13 languages and was highly respected among peers and other at the college and others at his college. He published many, many, many books art, and articles about local history and dead people and the process of grave digging. Um, he was called by his neighbors to be the most respectful and intelligent person. He was paid to write a column published in many local newspapers about the cemeteries in the area. To do this, he traveled and visited as many as he could. He was commissioned to begin this project in 2009, and he preferred to visit very late at night when no one would interrupt him. He walked. He didn't have a car, so he would walk to all these cemeteries. Um, Within 2.5 years, he visited 752 cemeteries, and he would sleep on benches in haystacks. He would, like beg for scraps and drink out of puddles because he was just so obsessively dedicated to visiting every single grave that he could possibly find. Wow. One time he even said he slept, he couldn't find anywhere to sleep, but there was a funeral happening the next day, so he just slept in the coffin. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That he could have easily been a... The real night life before dirt the net. body was in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. He also taught Celtology periodically at the Nizhny Novgorod Linguistic University. As I said, he spoke 13 languages. So like Celtic lore? It was um, Celtic language. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And like writing and stuff, um, which is super cool. Honestly, if this guy had never been arrested, I would have thought his career is sick. I would have thought he's awesome. I would have loved to be his friend if I didn't know things I know now. (laughs) Everyone liked to be his friend. Everyone. I was reading articles published by his friends because they were all part of, you know, academia. They were in university. He worked in all these colleges. Um so all his friends and coworkers published articles about them about him when he after he got arrested and they were like I believe he will be exonerated of all charges like he is a great person none of this actually happened cuz they just tr- believed in his innocence so much cuz they just liked him Yeah it's wild um Yeah they as I said they liked him but they reported he was awkward with women and perhaps still a virgin His editor at one publication said, quote, Many of his articles enlighten his sensual interest in deceased young women, which I took for romantic and somewhat childish fantasies the talented writer emphasized. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To that I say no. Yeah, no thank Uh, you. um, Yeah, no. He spoke of wanting a daughter, but he wasn't allowed to adopt because he didn't have a partner and he still lived with his parents. He did try to adopt, but he was never allowed to. He told his co-workers and friends that he wanted a girl who he called a, quote, heiress because he thought girls were more suggestible and easier to educate. Um, 
I mean, I think we may be easier to educate, but I wouldn't say suggestible. I just feel like that's a wild, like, overgeneralization of... Uh, yeah. Women. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think I included all this just to show that he was very, almost reductive. Like, he wanted things to be simple. Like, he wanted, he thought of women as, they're just like this. Women are all just like this. And that's an overgeneralization is unfair and untrue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, like I said, he started his grave travels, and he was paid to do this by many different publications that he published articles in. Um, in 2009, which was the same year that the authorities started investigating the desecrations. Um, and you remember how there was bodies missing? Yes. Where do you think they were? Oh, boy. Take a guess. Not where they should be. Not where they should be. <laughs> they were the dolls. What? Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I hate They it. were the dolls. Upon further investigation of his house, the police discovered to their horror that the dolls that they were, you know, because they were going through the clothes and figuring out what, how he made these things that the dolls were actual, actually mummified human corpses. So that did, he... Hmm? Did he do all the work himself to, like, additionally yes. preserve them? Well, that's interesting. Yep. I mean, it's still yep. terrifying, but... It's crazy how he did it, too. It's insane. It was so methodical. He... Specifically, they were all female corpses. Of course. Uh, originally ported to be 29 corpses, but they... It was actually 26. I believe it was 29 dolls, but some of the dolls... There were some parts on one doll, other parts on another doll. He would, like, take a heart out of one, put it in another, put, like, one face on a different doll. One doll, um had a music box in it that was just like playing music this inside dude, the corpse this dude was times. creating like a build-a-bear for corpses yes 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 even with the music box he's even playing with organs yeah he's like swapping them out too yeah but how how did he manage to preserve the organs because don't those liquefy oh, first um i don't know I think he got to them when they were pretty fresh. Some of them. Sorry, dude. I'm just like mm -hmm. thinking about the process. <laughs> oh, wow. It's crazy. Um, he also found, so they also found in his house, like a ton of notes written to the dead people and instructions for how to make the dolls and pictures of him actually like committing the crimes. So it was pretty obvious that it was him. There was no question about it. And I think it's just, like, you read that and it's crazy that his coworkers were still like, no, he was being framed because they just so believed that he was a normal guy. Oof. That's so scary to think about that, like, yeah. anyone you know could be fucking digging up corpses and making them into well, dolls. How many were there? There were 26 bodies. Oh, my God. But there were over 150 grave desecrations. That's insane. Yeah. In, and that's what I mean. In 2.5 years, he put in work 
it was work for him. And he loved it. He loved well, what he was doing. You know what's really funny? You know how you were saying that, like, everybody in his life, like his coworkers and stuff, just didn't want to believe it was him? Yeah. That happens in real life, though. And I just watched a show. Mm-hmm. Or this a is movie. real life. Well I, well, I know it's real life, but I'm saying, like, there was another instance. Like, I was just watching something where the situation was like, oh, it was, uh, it wasn't real. It was a movie on Shudder. It was called, um, Summer of 84, and the whole thing was, like, these kids thought that there was a serial killer living next to them, mm-hmm. but because the parents had been friends with the guy for, like, decades, like, oh, you've known him yeah. since before you were born, like, you're just being, like, crazy kids and ridiculous trying to mm-hmm. spy on this guy to catch him in murder, like, you're being disrespectful, yeah. you need to stop, but then he was, though. He was, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, I mean, it, it, everyone talks about Ted Bundy, but everyone fucking loved Ted Bundy. Like, everyone that worked with him, they thought he was great. There's that one, like, tweet of the girl, she's like, my dad worked with Ted Bundy, and every Monday he would come in and be like, happy Monday, Bundy. Because he was just a normal guy. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, the thing with Bundy that I always got so frustrated with is that everyone's always like, he was so charming and handsome. Why do you assume that, like, every person who's ever committed an atrocious crime is ugly? That's because before, that's why Ted Bundy was so insane at the time. Because before Ted Bundy was arrested and discovered, everyone is so, the, the only, like, serial murderers that were known of um, were like highway people who were like homeless people on the highway who did look shaggy right. and quote unquote creepy. And Ted Bundy was the first one who was nationally published who was like, this guy is so normal and he killed so many people and it shook the world. It, he was like the first modern serial killer in a way. He wasn't actually the first, oh, but no. because he was so large and, you know, everyone knew about him. Yeah. That's why, to answer your question. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Sorry to get on a tangent, but just like no, I mean murderers. Wow. It's a it's a tangent. I'm talking yeah. about. I mean, this guy didn't kill anyone, so there's that. I mean, my rule of thumb is like if Dahmer or Bundy would have wanted to be friends with this person, I probably <laughs> don't want to befriend them at all. Because mm-hmm. uh, it just had me thinking about how I think it was Dahmer was the one that used to like drill holes in people's skulls to pour like bleach or some kind of like chemical to pretty much make zombie sex slaves yeah and i'm pretty sure he would have loved this guy so yeah yeah no highly respected this guy yeah um but um antily cooperated he told everyone the truth he didn't even try to lie because he was pretty proud of what he was doing um (laughs) Good for him. He said, quote, <laughs> right? Good for him. Quote, nobody knew what these dolls were made of. Not even my parents knew. And I've been making them for 10 years. Oh, so part of the sick joy he gets out of it is having people in his house and they just have no idea. Yeah. They're sitting among the dead. Do you have pictures of what they looked like? Oh, there's a video. The investigators, when they figured out what the dolls were, they started recording. They, like, and did a video of his whole um, house and just how the dolls were laid out. 
and it's crazy because e- they're speaking Russian, but you can just hear in their voice, they're just like shaking. They're just like, oh my god, these aren't made of freaking human things. These are made of humans. It's crazy. I but need yeah, to see pictures. You're welcome to look them up. They're they're on the internet readily. Um, the bo- so the bodies were mummified. Different parts were kept of the different bodies. He even said to have like taken bodies and then put them back. Um, but I don't know how true that is. Um, they were all of girls age three to eleven. What Aww. he would do is take out the body, dry them with soda and salt. And he called it vaccines. He'd be like, I'm giving you your vaccine and would inject them with, like, salt water. While they were, oh, well, they were dead already because he was digging them up. They were dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least, I mean, it's still really perverted and sick, but at least what he was doing wasn't to living people. I guess, yeah. At least it wasn't, he wasn't, he's not a murderer. Yeah, it's still not right, but I'm glad that he wasn't, like injecting Mm -hmm. these people with salt while they were still alive right right i would take this guy over any murderer any day oh yeah yeah um but there's a there's a ton of interviews with him because like he just wanted to talk he was proud of it he was like let me talk about what i did so in this one interview the reporter says tell me why did you store the corpses in your apartment he says quote i didn't keep the corpses i kept the bodies the point is that i do black magic I wanted to revive people. I felt sorry for the dead children who could still live and live. So I kept them until the time when science learned to fight cancer and revived them. Exclusively solely for the sake of this, I felt sorry for all these children. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So he thought they were alive in his mind. I'm not surprised by that, though. Yeah. He confessed he would choose children he liked to figure out if he liked them. What he would do is sleep on their graves, and he believed that would allow him to communicate with the dead. And if he slept on their graves a couple nights, met with their ghosts, and he was like, oh, I like this kid, he would dig them up. Um, so absolute weirdo that he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia and i think they called it like fetishism which i didn't i don't know what that means but he was placed into a psychiatric facility instead of jail which is kind of cool that russia did that instead of just locking him up but he is in a psychiatric facility uh when he was in court and they were sentencing to him to the this is crazy while he was in court and after they sentenced him he turned to the victim's parents who were there and said you abandoned your girls i brought them home and warmed them up oh um so creepy. I'm sorry if I'm assuming really horrible things, but just tell me that he wasn't like doing weird stuff to them after he no, dolled them. No. There's no evidence of that. So at least like he was twisted, but his intent was pure at heart, kind of. Right. Okay, well yeah. that's better. He wasn't being sexually weird. Yeah, that no. then I would wanna kill him. <laughs> right. But 
I agreed. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. But no, I mean, there's no evidence of that. He doesn't, he's very open and admits to what he did, and it doesn't seem like he ever did that kind of stuff. Um, That's he good. He wasn't sexually doing anything at all. Um, he also said in court that when you rebury, this isn't a quote, but it was something to the effect of, if you rebury your children, don't bother digging them too deep because I'm just going to dig them right back up. Oh, my God. <laughs> the balls. What the I'm guessing the probably not smooth balls. <laughs> if you want smooth balls, go smoothmyballs.com slash parenters. Thank you. <laughs> That's uh, so how could you <laughs> say that to someone? I know. How could you fucking? How dare you? After many years and lots of psychiatric tests, uh, in 2018, his doctors determined that he would be allowed to go home. But oh, really? A George was a not a George. A judge was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. Do more tests. Do with like a million more tests, and they did. And they're like, no, we're gonna keep him in the facility. <sighs> so he is still detained to this day. Oh, wow. Yeah. This guy. Which, on one hand, I feel like the judge probably, like, overstepped his... To be like, uh-uh-uh. Like, give him tests till he fails. But, yeah, on the other hand... But also... I'm glad that he's not out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Antily Muskfin. Um, I have one anecdote relating to this story. Okay. Uh... So Olga was a 10-year-old girl in this area. She was walking to her parents' house when she was killed by a drug dealer who lived in their same apartment building. He put her body in the attic. Five months later, the authorities found her, and the parents laid her to rest in 2002. Soon after, they started finding strange notes at her grave, things that just wrote to her like, "'Hope you're having a good day, little lady,' And being like, Merry Christmas. And like all the holidays, they would find these notes on their daughter's grave. Even on like the first day of school, it would be like, oh, so sad you can't go to school this year. I bet you would have so many friends. Oh, my God. Stuff like that. (laughs) People need to give me those notes while I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) These notes were signed D.A. for Dobry Angel, or translated, Kind Angel, how he signed the notes. This continued for years, and the authorities had no clue what was going on. The notes turned into, they just started ramping up. There would, there would be toys left at her grave. One note was written to the parents, and it threatened them that if they didn't put up a bigger and better gravestone that he would dig her body up. So they did. They built a bigger gravestone, only to find a couple days later that someone had, like, whacked it with an axe many, many times. Uh. So, (laughs) eventually, these notes started, like, fizzling out slowly. Um, and they didn't have problems for a couple years until 2011 when Antilly's house was searched and the notes to Olga were found. 
in early 2012, they told the mom that they had to dig up Olga to figure out if she was still there. The coffin was well-preserved, but there was a hole carved in the top, and the body was gone. Antley had taken the corpse, mummified her, turned her into one of his dolls, without the parents even knowing that the body was gone. <laughs> they believe that he took it probably in, like, 2004. So they were going to their daughter's grave for years and years, not even knowing that the body was gone. I mean, I guess if they never found out. <laughs> I mean, they did. Yeah. They found out. That's just wild. What? Isn't that just crazy? Oh, yeah. Crazy. I'm glad you saved that for last. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a crazy story. Yep. And that's all I have. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. All this ridiculous. I it's you can go online and find the the published articles from his coworkers, which I to me that's might be the craziest part of the story is that we know what he did now, but even as the evidence was coming out, his coworkers were like adamantly being like he's being framed, he's going to be exonerated, he's a great person, this is all lies. It's it blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for the silence. I'm just like stunned, uh, stunned and absorbing the the balls. Who in your life could be digging up corpses? This Who is why I want to be, be cremated. That? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't do that to me. I'm not going to be your doll. <laughs> yeah, I st- I think I want to be donated to the like body the body museum. Oh, that'd be really cool. I loved um I saw that in Vegas one time and um yeah the coolest thing I thought is when they took all the veins and I don't know what the system's mm-hmm. called that it's all where your blood flows, but they took yeah. the rest of the body away and they dyed it so you could see it in bright colors and it was all that. suspended in water. That's what I want. That's really cool. I just cool. want to be a suspended bunch of veins. It sounds cool. Yeah, it does. People can marvel at my veins or my nerve endings. Look at all my nerves. <laughs> Anyways. So, honorable mentions of things that I would like to do. Number one, I would love to do the story of my boy Rasputin. Yeah, I was surprised that you didn't bring him up. (laughs) You know I love Rasputin. That's a wild and magical story. It is paranormal because he did magic and he refused to die. He got shot. He got enough fucking like attacks for like three people to die over and he still lived it's wild so he's magic um one day i'll do that um also the kremlin is haunted as hell oh yeah also chernobyl is haunted as hell Ooh, i'm i'm here for that one because i have a friend who is technically a chernobyl baby yeah. And it was weird, like, she couldn't donate, like, blood or breast milk or anything because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also, just a short anecdote, before the Chernobyl disaster, there was a large winged figure in the skies that was spotted many, many, many times before the disaster. And a lot of people think it was Mothman. 
Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I could always use some more Mothman. Yeah. Um, because we heard of Mothman, he is a harbinger of death, right? Mm-hmm. So, and he might have harbinged Chernobyl harbinged. as well. Harbinged. <laughs> um, another thing is the mysterious and classified underground bunkers that were made during the Cold War. The thing is that we know there are bunkers made for the Russian government, um, but, like, we don't know how large they are. It's all classified, and the amount of money and materials that were poured into it are, like, millions and millions and billions of dollars. So there's probably, like, a whole city underground in Moscow, and no one knows about it, and no one will ever know about it. It's crazy. That is crazy. And then there's also the Brosno Dragon, which is a, you know, Loch Ness Monster type creature in a lake. So, yeah, there you go. That's Russia. I could go on for that's another right. five hours, honestly, because yeah. Russia is so big. In conclusion, that's approximately one one hundredth of right. <laughs> Russian culture. There is so much more Russia. We could do five more episodes on just Russia. I'm actually pretty okay with that. We will spread them out mm -hmm. throughout the seasons. I would love to go to Russia. So would I. It's on my bucket list. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's it. Well, uh, let's move on to Shitty Cryptid. Bow, 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 bow. Now it's time for Shitty Cryptid. We have this thing called the Shitty Cryptid Generator, where it's basically Mad Libs, and it's gonna spit out a few things. One of us, or a guest, will have to create some kind of weird origin story of this thing. It's fun for everyone, and you'll hear it right after a word from our sister podcasts. Witchcraft, the occult, Extremist beliefs. Murder. Tune in to Rogue Darkness each week and join your host Raven as I uncover horrific crimes committed under the misconceptions and misunderstandings of witchcraft and other beliefs. I'll cover a plethora of crimes involving ritualistic killings, to cult persuasion, and everything in between. There's always three sides to a story. Side A side B, and then the truth. Let's uncover the truth together and explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Available wherever you get your podcast fix, simply by searching Rogue Darkness. All right, now it's time for Shitty Cryptid of the Week, and this week we have Austin from Something Out of a Horror Movie Podcast. Ooh. Hey, Austin. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Um, I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Oh, wonderful. We're oh, excited. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I am very excited, too. Do you want to tell us a little about your podcast and what people can yeah. expect when they tune in? So, so I haven't gotten it started yet, but basically the premise is... Um, I bring guests on uh, who come from creative backgrounds. So, so let's say musicians or 
um, <clears throat> stage performers or even podcasters. And I try to work with them and paint a picture of something that's happened in their lives that sounds like something out of a horror movie. Does that make sense? Ooh, yeah. that's neat. Hell yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. What if they, I'm just like thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I've had anything happen to me that could be out of a horror movie. Yeah, there are some stuff we got to work out still, but I mean, the blueprint, <laughs> the blueprints, that's what we're, we're going with. That sounds fun, though. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Oh, yeah. Once you start posting, you have to send us a link. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. Word. Are you ready? Oh, God. Yes, I'm, I'm ready. Good. <laughs> I- I'm glad to hear it because this one's fun. All right, cool. Tell me about the wet, wet crayon of the Ikea cafeteria. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> the wet, wet crayon of the <laughs> Ikea cafeteria. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. So, upon a time, like, maybe a year ago, uh, there was this family that desperately needed some new bath furniture from Ikea. And you know how they have it set up. You have to go through everything in order to, like, get to where you need to go. Mm -hmm. So the littlest one was getting bored and decided she wanted to color while she was waiting on the family to like look at all the stuff. Well, unfortunately, one of the little crayons that she was holding, it slipped her grip and started rolling and it appeared uncontrollably. uncontrollably. So it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling (laughs) until, it hits a uh, um oh shit, I lost. Um, <laughs> this is good. part this of is the so fun. <laughs> this is hard. God, okay. Um <laughs> basically it rolls out of the bath section and ends up into the cafeteria where it it runs into a wet floor sign. And that just makes the rolling go uncontrollably faster and faster until it reaches the, um, like a massive puddle. And you know how when like colors get into water, it like just starts to disperse and like the water starts to become colorful. Oh yeah. Well, that, that um, <clears throat> it attracted another little girl who um, was already eating in the food court, and so this girl, she's one of <laughs> she's one of those girls who, if you were watching a horror movie, she would be like the weird one who doesn't talk much, but <laughs> you, could, you know she has a secret going on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So Erica, like I was like. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So little Erica picks up this crown <laughs> and um takes it back home. It's dripping wet. She can barely hold on to it. And she decides 
that she is going to revive the once dry and perfect crayon through means of satanic ritual. Oh. Yes! <laughs> the, the logical. <laughs> Just the like logical me when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, she brings it home and starts doing her thing. And all of a sudden the mom walks in and everything goes wrong. The candles turn over, the, the, uh, the cross turns upside down. Like everything is going bad and this crayon does not become more dry. It becomes more wet to where (laughs) it just starts becoming like an infection. Like you, you, did you ever see that movie where it's like you get the cheese touch and like, you know, that means you're like, not supposed to be around people or people would like avoid you (laughs) no i don't know what movie that is Uh uh-uh well that's the basic premise it's like someone touches the nasty cheese on the floor and like you have to like not get touched by that person well this crayon starts to do the same thing and starts infecting others around and it's like getting out of control for the family and it sets it loose onto the world. And that is how the legend of the wet, wet crayon comes to be from oh, the Ikea, wow. from the Ikea stu- uh, cafeteria. That was nice. I like that a lot. So what, what happens when you get like the, the wet touch? The wet touch? Yeah. Um, you just, people don't want to be around you. Like, they don't know what's going to happen to you, so they just try to stay away, and you just, you become lonely. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so sad. Not the crayon. That's the true, that's the true horror behind the wet, wet crayon. Is isolation. Is that, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It, it turns into a psychological thing versus, like, a surface-level horror movie. Yeah, that's rough. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely commend you for that story because mine would not have been as deep. That was cool. I tripped up, but I got myself back on back on my feet. Yeah, we do that all the time. That's just how cryptid goes. Yeah. What crayon? Well, thank you for letting me work through that on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to add another legend to your cryptic universe thank you well thanks for being here like we're we're excited to hear your um upcoming show and once you get those details you tell us and we will spread the word to the universe all right thank you guys so much this was fun thank you so much this one was that was a freaking awesome one i might have to draw (laughs) that one i want to draw like the crayon in like the the circle, like the satanic ritual with the wet crayon on the floor. Yeah. With that that's subtle awesome. Swedish yeah. writing on the side. Yes. Swedish. <laughs> oh, because it's Ikea. <laughs> Swedish. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like crayonica satanica. Oh, my God. With yeah, umlauts. like do some Latin stuff. Ah, uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> So, dear listeners, um, thanks again for tuning in to our show. Make sure that you are emailing us some fan mail 
parynerdspodcast at gmail.com because... And if anyone listening wants to take a stab at Shitty Cryptid, um, I doubt you can beat Austin's Wet Wet Crayon, but... No. Um, Austin <laughs> is like the gold trophy right now <laughs> with cryptid you, stories. Uh, everyone is welcome to try to beat my um uh, That's where the bar is at. This is the bar. If you think you can beat the wet, wet crayon, email us. Yeah, that's a challenge to all of you out there. And um, I'm sure you're following us on Instagram. But if you're not, that's at Paranerds Podcast. Easy breezy. Cover girl. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and follow something out of a horror movie podcast when it's posted and live. We will be posting about that on our Instagram so you can check it out. It's going to be rad. Hell yeah. And um, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Paranerds has been brought to you by Podmoth.